Welcome to Hacking Your ADHD, part of the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network. I'm your host, William Kerb, and I have ADHD. On this podcast, I dig into the tools, tactics, and best practices to help you work with your ADHD brain. Hey team, welcome back to another Question and Answers episode. Today, I'm going to be giving a follow-up to my episode about Doomboxes and try clear up a few things. I'll also be answering a question going into what some of my favorite apps are for productivity and focus. If you'd like to follow along on the show notes page, you can find that at hackingyouradhd.com slash doomboxlistener. All right, keep on listening to find out how to actually find a home for all your stuff. Hey, before we get started, I also just wanted to let you know about one of my friends who has created a powerful free tool for adults like you that are looking for solutions with your ADHD. His name is Bob Dietrich, and he is the founder of BrainWorks, a nonprofit dedicating to helping people overcome their challenges with ADHD. The event he's hosting is called the ADHD Toolbox Live. Experts share solutions to reduce anxiety, improve focus, and emotionally regulate to manage ADHD for adults and children. And I have a complimentary ticket for you to attend. You can register using the link I have on the show notes page. This is a three-day event that will be streamed live and then replayed as a recording. The event will be live-streamed at 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific on April 26th for parents, April 27th for adults, and April 28th for parents and adults with an emphasis on education. Then the event will be replayed on April 29th and 30th and May 1st for those who can't attend the live session. There are going to be plenty of experts featured in the ADHD Toolbox Live, and I'm going to be one of them. So if you want to hear more of my stuff, head over to the link in the show notes page and register for your free complimentary ticket. All right, on with our show. Our first question comes from a listener who wrote in to ask, in episode 99, that's the Doomboxes episode, you say that the most important part of solving Doomboxes is to find homes for things that never had a home. However, you never explained how. Is that a follow-up podcast, or did you lose your train of thought? Please refollow that thread to its conclusion. All right. Well, in many cases, I might lose my train of thought, but in this one, I just didn't think everything through. In my head, it was such an obvious solution. Just put the thing where it goes. But that's also not really a great answer, is it? And I think this question is definitely worth diving into a bit more, because how do you find a place for something to live? And to that point, what makes a good home for an object? I think a great way to start off with these questions is maybe with a few more questions. If this object was already put away, where would you look for it? And in answering this question, we might need to be creating a new space for things to go. I rarely lose my keys now because I have a basket by the door that they go in every time I come into the house. But what about something like your passport? Or even more simply, all those extra pens you found while cleaning? Well, for me, I have some drawers in my office that I can keep extra office supplies in, and so that's where the pen should go. It's the first place I'd look if I'm going to look for a specific pen. But I also don't want this drawer to become a doom box in itself, so it's going to need to be labeled, and it might even be worth to have something in the drawer to help organize where all those office supplies go. Separating the index cards from pens, from the highlighters, from binder clips. And then it's also important that we're not putting other stuff that doesn't go into that drawer in that drawer. I also want to reiterate from the Doomboxes episode that we're going to be getting rid of a lot of things in this process. Finding homes for things can be a lot more difficult when we're stuck finding homes for things that we're probably never going to use again. 
While putting away my office supplies, I found things that I haven't had the need for in years. Photo paper that I bought more than a decade ago. It's stuff that I could theoretically use, but in all honesty, I probably won't. And if I do need something like photo paper, I'm probably not even going to remember that I have any in the first place. And I'll just end up buying more when I think of it. So yeah, that's not something I need to store. But it can be hard to get rid of because maybe I could use it. But that also makes finding homes for things more difficult because it's just another thing that needs a home. And it also fails a question, where would I look for this thing? Because apparently I wouldn't look for it. And if I wouldn't look for it, do I really need to keep it? Remember, you don't need to throw these things out if you don't need them. There are people that would gladly take it from you. A great option here are buy nothing or free cycling groups on Facebook. Just be careful not to get suckered into picking up a bunch of stuff you don't need. Now, back to finding a home. A good home for an object is a place you'd naturally look for it. With ADHD, we often have the problem of out of sight, out of mind. So it might be that we just need to create a space where we can still see the object, or at least be able to see the label of where that object is. This means that we often want to, instead of just putting stuff away, is to create a landing spot for those things. An easy example of this from earlier is my basket by the door for my keys. But we can also have landing spots for anything that doesn't regularly get put away. And fortunately, we have a really easy system for identifying where we're going to want to be putting these landing spots. All we need to do is walk around the house and see where we're already accumulating this junk. These are spots we're already putting stuff down. And so we know we're going to want to put stuff there. And so we can make better use of these spots by putting bins and baskets there that tell us what we actually want to put there. The more specific the space is, the better off you're going to be. Shoes that go into a bin or rack in the closet actually have a place to go. If the landing pad was just on the floor, it's easy for the shoes to start migrating out into the hall because technically, hey, that's still the floor, right? Same thing happens with things that are on our desk, on counters, and in drawers. If the object has a lot of space to roam, then it doesn't have a specific home. So make the spot that it goes to explicit. This is the cradle where my phone goes. This is the basket that incoming mail goes into. This is the bin where I keep my fidgets, and this is where I hang up my headphones. Having these specific spots lets me actually put things away rather than just shuffling things around my desk. Now, it's also going to be important that we label these bins so that they don't become catch-alls and then they become new doom boxes. Additionally, if we keep finding an object not getting taken back to its home and always existing in some other spot, well, maybe we just need to move where its home is. Remember, our biggest goal here is to make our organization functional for us. It's not going to matter how clean our house is if we don't know where things are or if having the things out of sight makes us forget that it even exists. There isn't going to be a perfect system and everyone's going to have preferences on where stuff's supposed to go. The point is that we want to make it so that we can find it when we need it rather than having to dig around a doombox or in a closet or wherever we decided to stash it this time. Hope that answers your questions and thanks for writing in. Hi, my name is Nikki and I was wondering what kind of apps do you use for organization, keeping up with your habits, you know, getting on the right track of being able to focus better. I don't have any medication right now, so as I'm trying to focus without medication, it's really hard and I want to do better. So yeah, if you could help, it would be really great. Thank you. This is always going to be a question that comes up over and over again, because often we're looking for that right combination of tools that's going to make everything click right into place. 
And I will get to that, but first we have to talk about this idea, because it's an idea that can lead us down some bad paths. We tend to suffer from this belief that if we just get organized enough, everything will become easy, that it'll all fall into place, and that'll be that. There is no system that is going to truly do this for us. We're always going to have to work at it, and we're always going to have things that we miss or forget. Don't let this dishearten you. This is true for everyone. We just want to work within this reality rather than rejecting it. If you think you know someone who has it all together all of the time, well, they don't. You're just not seeing behind the facade. With that said, there are absolutely programs and apps that can make your life easier. Just because they aren't perfect doesn't mean we shouldn't use them. I chatted with my wife about this question for a while, and one of the apps she mentioned that I couldn't believe I overlooked, because it's just so integral to my life, it didn't occur to me that, hey, this isn't something everyone uses, and that's Google Calendar. I know it's not flashy, but having a digital calendar is absolutely the best thing for me. And to be clear, any digital calendar would be fine here, not just Google Calendar. That's just the one I happen to use, and I've been using it longer than I can remember, so I don't even remember what I used before. Basically, anything that I might need a reminder for goes into my calendar. But it also serves as a way for my wife and I to easily get on the same page for scheduling things. Just being able to easily share our calendars together and be able to see both views at the same time makes it incredibly valuable. Additionally, I can set my calendar to give me alerts for when events are coming up. And in fact, Google Calendar is one of the few apps that I allow to give me notifications. The biggest key here, though, is just regularly using your calendar, because if we're using it irregularly, it becomes not a trusted system and then we stop using it entirely. And so my calendar is mainly what I use for organization on my phone, but also your question asked about using apps for better focus. So we all know our phones are sources of endless distraction which means it's important that we put limits on when and how we can get distracted by our phones. One of the main apps I use for this is called Freedom, which allows me to put restrictions on my phone on when and what apps I can use. I prefer this to the built-in screen time app because those tend to limit the total number of minutes. What I like is that I can set the specific times that I'm not going to get distracted by these apps. So I can set these blocks of time up as reoccurring events, or I can create one-off events. I can also completely choose what I'm going to be blocking, which apps I don't want to allow, which websites I think are going to be the most tempting to scroll on. This is something I use for work a lot when I don't want to have myself going on some of the social media sites when I'm supposed to be writing. And of course, there are ways around the block. I mean, you could just uninstall the app. But the point is that it creates a barrier that will hopefully remind you of what your intentions were. Do I get frustrated at it sometimes? Absolutely, but it's incredibly helpful at keeping me away from the things I don't want my future self from doing. A few more apps that I'm fond of on my phone are the Toddy app, and that's T-O-D-Y, that I use for reminders about cleaning. It's great for creating a more visual view of the cycles of cleaning and helping keep track of what needs to get done around the house and what has been being deferred for months and months. I'm also really fond of the note-taking app called Drafts. Honestly, its best feature is that when you open the app, it just automatically opens you to a blank note. That might not sound like much, but how many times have you opened your phone to jot down an idea and forgotten what you want to write down by the time you got to a new page? This eliminates a bunch of those steps so you can stay focused on what you want to remember. You can also easily tag your notes and search through them, so it's a winner in my book, and it's one of those apps that's just absolutely cemented on my first page of apps. And finally, I also use an iOS app called Alarmed that I use for creating a lot of my reminders. The feature that I really like on this one is called Nag Me, which allows me to create alarms that go off multiple times if I don't mark it as complete. I can set the total number of times to go off and the interval of time. 
For example, I have to put out the trash on Wednesday nights, and I don't want to forget before it gets too late. So I have an initial alarm that will go off at 5 p.m., but I'll keep getting notifications every 30 minutes until I click the alarm off. When I used to have to take medication in the afternoon, I had a reminder that set off to go every five minutes for, well, forever. I try not to use too many reminders like this so that I don't run into alarm fatigue and just start ignoring all of them. So mainly this is just for the really important things that I want to make sure that I'm getting done. And just to reiterate from the beginning, no app or set of apps is going to solve all of our ADHD problems, but yes, they absolutely can help. So I hope this answers your question. Thanks for sticking with me all the way to the end. And thank you to everyone who has been writing in questions for me. If anyone else is interested in having a question featured on the show, just go to hackingyouradhd.com contact and click the orange button to leave me a short message. I'm going to be working on getting through more of these questions, and I do have a bit of a backlog, so I might not get to your question right away, but I'll definitely be trying. That's it. Thanks for listening. I'd love to hear what you thought of this episode. You can leave me a message over at hackingyouradhd.com slash contact. You can also reach me on Twitter at hackingyouradhd, and I've also just launched a TikTok channel that you can find by searching for Hacking Your ADHD. If you'd like links or to read this episode's transcript, you can find those on the show notes page at hackingyouradhd.com. If you'd like to support the podcast, the best way is to share episodes with someone you think would get something out of it. Just click the share button on your podcast player and send your bestie the link with something like, hey, I love this episode of Hacking Your ADHD. I'd bet you'd get a lot out of it too. Or you can support the show through my Patreon at hackingyouradhd.com slash Patreon. Sign up for the 2, 5, 10, 25, or even $50 a month level and get some great perks like monthly bonus content or early access to upcoming episodes. That's hackingyouradhd.com slash Patreon. And be sure to check out all the other podcasts on the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network. For interviews with fellow ADHDers and ADHD experts, check out Eric Tiver's show, ADHD Rewired. For those of you with kids, be sure to check out Brendan Mahan's show, ADHD Essentials. And even if you don't have kids, his show is still a great resource for ADHD management. If you're interested in exploring issues of race and diversity in ADHD, be sure to check out ADHD Diversified with MJ. For those of you late-diagnosed women, moms, and professionals, you can also check out the ADHD-friendly lifestyle with Moira Maven. I also do a live Q&A with all the hosts of the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network on the second Tuesday of the month at 10.30 a.m. Pacific. If you'd like to sign up, just go to ADHDrewired.com slash events. And now for your moment of dad. Recently, I had some chicken-proof grass installed in my lawn. Gotta say, it's impeccable. 